All right. We'll get started here. Welcome into Off the Cuff Sports. Starting with, as always, the team in distress or entity in distress for the week. What do we have, y'all? Denver. Uh, they in trouble. In the sense, in in the sense of okay, y'all didn't even win a game. You know, you're the what seat the four, seat. four or five. Yeah, you couldn't even put one up against Phoenix and. And we didn't respect Phoenix enough to get them out of the first round, even though they made it. Uh, I, I'll just put them in there just by default. All right, Solo, what you got? Uh, look, I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, shoot, maybe let's. I'm gonna go ahead and throw the uh, contrary to popular belief, and one of our co-hosts, the Bucks. I think the Bucks are done. I understand that they won a game, but that was literally with nobody hitting the shot. Um, heck, as much as I hate to say it, I'm actually like with no James Harden and watching KD still win games, I'm actually starting to like KD all over again. Now that means that James Harden has to stay out um, for the remainder of this, uh, the remainder of the playoffs. And then I'll actually count one of these rings if KD wins it, this ring if KD wins it. But um, nah, man. Most definitely, that uh, the Bucks. Yeah, uh, I will throw out the fan base for the Atlanta Hawks because they felt like when they had a gentleman sweep in the first round over the Knicks that they were going to actually do something, um, especially with the first win in the first game against the 76ers. And they forgot that they're the Hawks and or an Atlanta team in general and that they're going to find a way to break your heart in the playoffs. So uh, never forget who your team is. Be where your feet are at. I'm going to end, it, end that one with that. Uh, we will get next on to the NFL. Continuing to talk about Atlanta. Um, shortly after we finished recording last week, it was announced that... Uh, Julio Jones will be traded to the team that I predicted that he was going to go to, to the Titans. Uh, just want to point that out. Uh, I, I did too. I called it like weeks ago okay. or months ago. But anyways, uh, he is now with the Titans. Uh, not only did the Falcons get have, only get two picks for him, a second round and a fourth round, they had to give up a pick to get rid of him as well. Um, who do you think came out better in this trade? I think we know the answer to that. Uh, is this a good spot for Julio? Um, and what are your overall thoughts? Go ahead, Solo, before I go on my rant. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I don't really have that big of a say in the matter. But, I mean, I, I think Tennessee won. Like, it, it's kind of obvious. Like, they got a, a all-star receiver, uh, all-pro bowl receiver. Can't say all-star. Pro bowl receiver. And a pick. And they got a, and a draft pick. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, like, I'm sorry. Atlanta is by far, like, the dumbest sports town in all of America. Like y'all can't get anything right. Like you, all you have is the Braves. And I'm pretty sure you're gonna find a way to screw that up before you can win the World Series off of that. Oh, they're, they're so, gonna choke away. Don't worry, they're gonna fall apart the second half of the season. That's 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 what's gonna happen. Don't worry about it. Like, Jesus, I don't even know what to say about y'all other than like, golly, like. If you're going to fumble the bag, at least fumble the bag in some style. Like, just go and, like, completely dedicate yourself to a rebuild. But, no, I draft a, a future Pro Bowl tight end. I still have Calvin Ridley, but I'm going to give up Julio Jones and destroy the only chance I have outscoring everybody. For a like, bag know. of chips. For a, for a bag of chips. 
and a Slurpee. Not even a good Slurpee either. It's the runny Slurpee. Like the runny Slurpee. The, the, the sketchy gas station, and you know, that you don't want to be at at the wrong time of night. Machine that looks like it hasn't been replaced since the 80s. So yeah, I'm I'm real curious to hear about what Sir Lamorris has to say because I feel like he's about to go off on his beloved city. I mean, I have uh, similar sentiments. I I personally don't. Um, in, in regards to the trade, I don't think it's a bad trade in what they got back compared to what was being offered to them. So the teams didn't want to pay for Julio um, essentially. And that's the reason that stopped them from getting the, the haul that they, or you would think Julio deserves. My issue goes all the way back to the draft, um, to whatever this franchise is trying to do. If you're going to draft Kyle Pitts, you know, go all in and try to win, even though you have no defense, like put up the points. But like I said, and what I say about every team, you're either in rebuild mode or your contender. And if you're not either one of those, you need to find something to do because you're, you don't need to just be in the middle. Right now, the Falcons are still in the middle because they have Matt Ryan and they drafted an offensive threat in Kyle Pitts rather than Justin Fields. And you're just in limbo and you're going to be in limbo until you can get rid of Matt Ryan in two years. So the, the franchise, I, you know, they, they don't make smart decisions. I need to beat the GM. I can put together teams better than half of these people can. You would have more play. of a rotating roster than a college football, a, a JUCO college. Exactly. No, I, I, would, I wouldn't have a rotating Get roster. I would, I, I would rotate veteran players unless they are just like, you know, the figurehead of the team. But I would keep a young roster. And I want to take two year deals with a with a with a team option on year two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would keep I would keep flexibility and I would keep my roster young and I would not pay QB's top dollar after I draft a QB and he turns out extremely well and he's like MVP level. I would not extend him for for the top QB value. That's yeah, just me personally. My only, that, that, my only argument to that is as great an idea as that is. Um, nobody's going to want to come there. You're right. So, so you're, never, so you're going to be you, in permanent rebuild mode. No, it's not permanent rebuild mode. You rebuild every like two, three years after you get a two, three year stretch where you have a QB. And if you can win a championship, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> and, then, and then after that, after uh, those contract years are up and they want to get extended, if they're not like... so. So people that, let me give an example, people that I would extend would be like middle of the road QBs that don't take up all of your salary cap. I what? would not extend, I would not extend somebody that's like uh, a Tom Brady or, well, Tom Brady took pay cuts. So he's different story, but I would not extend Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is after this year, he's, he's not going to be able to win another championship unless he takes a pay cut. Um, you see this with all the top QBs, whether it's Russell Wilson, you see it with, uh, what's his name? Aaron Rodgers. If you want to talk about Dak being in that conversation with his contract. Now the Cowboys are in a cap hell hole right now, and they're not going to get any better unless they just draft some otherworldly talent. So, uh, I, I wouldn't extend these QBs that ask for a lot of money. That's just me. Until they change the cap rules, it's, it's not beneficial to your team. It's only beneficial to sell tickets. Okay. Um, outside of that unique perspective. Um, right. Yeah, very unique. Uh, I'm going to say that Atlanta needs to call the FBI because grand larceny happened in that trade. They hundred percent. If you didn't get a first round draft pick for Julio Jones, that you, you, you didn't have to give that up. You are stealing right now. You are stealing. Not having to get a first round draft pick for Julio Jones or a whole of picks. Like you got like five or six 
picks over the next two, three years, you know, a couple seconds, a couple thirds, maybe a fifth or that's that, that, that's, that, that would be appropriate as well. But you had to, not only did you only, you get one second round pick and a, and one third round pick, or I think it was a fourth round pick actually, excuse me. And you had to give up a pick as well. I mean, so it was a it was a pick swap. Yes, essentially, they swapped picks, and they gave up Julio Jones. Like, like they should have at least got some cash out of it too. Like, I mean, something. Well, they 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 save money. That's yeah, essentially still, getting cash. That's that's essentially getting cash. You but might as well, here, here's you might as well have cut here, him. I mean, here, damn. well, if you cut him, you would have to pay all of it. But here's here's my question: If if no teams offered this package, right, that you you would assume that he warrants, right? What else are you supposed to do? I mean, that's fair. If I, the the Falcons were in a spot where nobody was offering them good packages. Well, I think the I teams think they they would have had good packages had there not been the Shannon Sharp incident. No, because, because they've been they've been trying to trade him for well, yeah. Like, but if Julio wants out of there, it's like you know that he and the team wants him out of there. The value goes down. It's like Deshaun. The teams were offering the Texans to the world when they thought that they didn't want to give up Deshaun Watson. The the issue was his salary. That's no, that's I been know, the no, issue no, no, the, trust the me, entire time. Him, I agree with you. And, they need to get him off the roster. But it's just I can't believe they got this bad of they they could they could they could only get this good of a deal for Julio Jones like this was the best deal out there. I think they could have gotten a first round pick, and it would have been just a first round pick. Yeah, but also you don't want to trade this to somebody in the NFC. I think it would have been um, the 49ers may have offered a first. Um, and I think the Patriots possibly offered a and first. And obviously the but, Falcons do not want to do anything to help the Patriots. Right. Right. So, like, there's – in the Falcons, I'm, I'm just going to defend the Falcons, even though this decision was stupid and they should have thought this through, you know, during the draft and all of that. Um I, I just think their hands were tied. You know, there was nothing they could really do. So yes, the Titans can pretty much to make more of his stuff like signing bonus, rather no. than they couldn't. They couldn't they, do that. They've they, they've already restructured his contract. They restructured his contract and Matt Ryan's contract like a year or two ago, just so they can uh, make title runs. And the team still was trash. True. So. But uh, we'll move on from that. Uh, I think we're all pretty much in agreement about that trade there. Uh, we will get, we'll briefly touch on um, also after we finish recording. Uh, Mike Shashevsky announced that this will be his last year coaching uh, at Duke uh, and he's going to retire. Uh, so I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts uh, about, you know, about him retiring, about his career. Etc. Okay, I'll go last. Y'all go first. I mean, admittedly, I'm not a huge college basketball fan. Um, do I, in the grand scheme of things, I think this is like um, somewhat of what's going to happen when Nick Saban retires in the sense of there's going to be emergence of just teams and coaches that all believe that they're in the thick of things uh, in terms of recruiting, in terms of their performance. And we kind of see that now and with like Villanova or Gonzaga or teams like that that are doing extremely well without being the top recruiter. Um, but I think it's, it's going to spread the talent. Um, hopefully everyone benefits from it. I, I don't think that the team in general with uh, Coach K gone, I don't think Duke is going to drop off completely. But um, 
you know, it's, it's going to take some time to rebuild that. That's a that's a whole culture that Duke had, and you know, it'll be interesting. But in terms of Coach K, congrats. Hope you can uh, coach Team USA. You know, but that's that's about it. Yeah, um, you know, I definitely agree with you. I'm not, you know, the biggest. I love college. I do enjoy college basketball, but I mean, I'm not an expert on it. Uh, but obviously, Coach K has been, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a constant since pretty much our entire lives uh, coaching the game. But I think this, this is once again an effect of the pandemic. Um, this allowed people to the pandemic allowed people to you know really reevaluate things and what was you know, most important you know he's yeah I believe he's a grandfather now you know he wants to spend time you know with his family you know he doesn't right. you know the more that's more I mean that's something that I've been on that, that I've been thinking about since the moment I got a full time job was I'm not staying I'm not staying for uh, after any more than thirty years once I hit retirement once I once I've got the best retirement I can have. I'm gone. I'm gonna. I'm gonna enjoy life. Am I, I'm probably gonna be 55 years old. I'm out. Enjoy life. Spend time with family. Spend time with friends. You know, enjoy life, and not finish my career when I can't enjoy not having a career. Uh, and I, I think that's well, the pandemic has has brought that to a lot of people's minds. Um, and think about what the values are, which are more important. So I, I, I applaud him for being able to recognize the more important things. Uh, as much as coaching is a part of him, it's not the only thing. Uh, but that's all I got to say about it. So I mean, if you want to, I know you're the you're the Duke fan here. You're the Coach K fan. Man, R.I.P. the goat, man. Uh, what can you say? Uh, dude that everybody did not expect to do as well as that he was going to do. Uh, Duke actually wanted to fire him back in the early 80s when uh, they were having a hard time. Uh, but they actually extended him because, you know, people believed in his vision. And what a career. Uh, golly. The uh, only thing that I'm going to say is that, like, uh, with the landscape of basketball now, uh, and if I were him, I would be getting out of it, not only because like it's probably a good idea to spend more time with my family because he's getting older. Uh, I would do it mainly because it's uh, it's a good idea because I, I don't I think that the way that basketball is going, five stars are not going to want to go to these pre uh, prima donna red blooded I mean blue blood schools anymore. Uh, I think we're getting out of that era of football. I mean not football, of basketball. Uh, and money starting to take over, which is not really a bad thing. And Coach K did his best to adapt to like the new system that we're now accustomed to, uh, you know, with the one and done. Actually won four titles, no, three titles in the old era, two titles in the one and done era. Uh, what can you say? Just a class act all the way around. Uh, he's going to be severely missed. Uh, as for the future of Duke basketball, I don't think that it's going to be uh, quite what it once was. I love John Shire. Don't get me wrong. He's a smart guy. Uh, he's not the GOAT. And uh, you never want to be the guy to replace the guy. Because um, it never turns out the way that you think it's going to. Very few people have, or I can't even think of one off the top of my head, has ever done a great job replacing the guy. Um, so I think the closest was Ryan is Ryan Day right now. Even though, like, it's not the same situation. Urban Meyer was only there for a few years, uh, but I think that's the closest example of someone immediately coming in and still being and still performing at a high level. Oh, exactly. It's like you know he he's probably done the best. I mean, I mean, and it's kind of hard not to do well when you have the recruitment and the power that Ohio State has, especially in that in the northern part of the country where you can pretty much just say, hey, I'm Ohio State, come play now, you know? Because um, your next best and, option in that, in that state is Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati. Not, uh, even, not even the other big school of Ohio, University of Ohio. Like, they're not even relevant. 
Sorry, not even sorry, that. sorry, Russ Hoff. Uh, not even Russ that state though. That that entire area, that general region is is yeah. just dominated. Yeah. So I mean, they they can well, pull and, from from the surrounding states easily. They can they can get guys from Michigan. They can get guys from Indiana. Uh, you know, Iowa, all that area. They can they can they really have the control of the upper Midwest. But yeah, no, nah, I, I just think like, you know, like I said, when it's all said and done, uh, the, the work that he's done for basketball, you know, the ambassador that he's been, like, it's a good, it's been good. And I hope that, you know, he does enjoy uh, everything that comes his way. I mean, he fully deserves it. Uh, I just don't think that college football, college basketball is going to be the same now that you have him going and Ward Williams going in the same, what, in the span of two years? Yeah, um, the only thing that'll make it worse if Calipari leaves in the next year or two. Like, that's that's he, all, uh, all the, nah, all the he, guys. He has, a, uh, <laughs> he has a fake, um, how do I put this? His name precedes himself, but not his actual accomplishments. No, no, I don't. I, but like, as far as like faces of college basketball right now, like, right? They're they're the three main faces currently. And I mean, I, I, and like I said, you got to put Calipari up there. Calipari uh, changed the game of college basketball, whether. We want to admit it or not. Kyler Perry is the Steph Curry of college basketball. He changed the way players were recruited. Changed the way that players saw their value and saw their money. Um, and at the end of the day, I can't be mad at a guy that's going to, you know, that's empowering people like that. But all in all, the most important thing uh, that I would like to say is just like, you know, thank you for the moments. Thank you for the memories. Um, like I said, all the times that we beat North Carolina, you've made my life, you know, so special. And I mean, there's not really much you can say about it. You know, there's never going to be another coach like him in college. So you might as well soak it up. Nobody's going to beat his amount of wins or anything like that. All right. Uh, so we'll transition to the NBA right now. Um, wanted to talk about... Uh, something that Stephen A said earlier this week um, I thought was a notable comment that he made he said Donovan Mitchell is the greatest player ever to put on a jazz uniform um, I'm not the NBA aficionado of this group uh, so I will leave this for y'all to discuss as far as the argument <laughs> Argument pending. I can go ahead and tell you. Argument pending because I know Lamoris. I know Lamoris. Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I, I just want, when he says the greatest player, is he talking about the most talented or the best, you know, to ever wear that uniform? Because there's players that I, I believe did more for the Jazz than, than uh, Donovan Mitchell have. Granted, granted, they they've never won a championship, but they've done more for the Jazz than than Donovan Mitchell. But I think he may be more skilled per se. Um, but I I don't know. I, I honestly I would put John Stockton and Carl Malone as the face of those of that franchise before I put Donovan Mitchell. My only so thing to- I'll I throw in with this is that, you know, I'm I, Stephen A knows basketball. I I definitely say that, but this is coming after a few wins against a Clippers team that is notorious for falling apart in the playoffs. Uh so you know I just you you kind of take you know a grain of salt with it. It's like it's almost like when. Uh, a group of five team makes it to a, a BCS or a college, or a New Year's Six Bowl against a, a legitimate school and gets blown out. Like, of course, these guys are going to look good against them because it, look at who you're playing. Uh, but that's kind of my two cents. I would hold off on deciding that before he plays 
teams that actually show up in the playoffs. But you know, that's. But go ahead, Solomon. What's your, what's your take? One hundred freaking percent. The guy is the best person to ever put on a freaking Jazz uniform. Like let let let's let's be real, guys. Let's be real. Like 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 no BS. Okay, John Stockton. I get it. The dude has the assist record. Okay, um, I've watched this beautiful video about about NBA defenses between '85 and 2004. Okay, wonderful documentary. You guys have got to check it out. Do y'all guys realize that help side defense was illegal in the NBA between those days, those years? So every person in those in those eras, the mid '80s to the early 2000s, only saw ISO one-on-one opportunities. So when you ran, that's why the pick and roll was so deadly back then. With you know Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire, um, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pittman, or in this case, you know Carl Malone, John Stockton. I just I can't put value on one a point guard that in today's nba was would not even be relevant he doesn't transcend errors um and can because his son is a a a genetic copy makeup like just a connect copy of him and he can't make it in the league today so i i can't say john stockton's greater then you get to carl malone Anybody that impregnates a 13-year-old girl cannot be the greatest on anything except for the greatest prisoner of all time. So don't mention Carl Malone in any greatest jazz thing ever. You're a deadbeat father. You obviously don't understand math because, you know, 19, you know, is a hell of a lot greater than 13. And it's a hell of a lot greater than 13 when you're talking about ages of girls. So automatically, he's thrown out the conversation. I don't want to hear him. Donovan Mitchell, for the level of athleticism and the type of player that he has to come up against and for the type of player that he was touted or expected to be, totally outshines everything that those guys have accomplished. And nobody can convince me otherwise. Like Donovan Mitchell was a part. He wasn't, he didn't think that he was good enough to come into the league. First year tears it up. Second year tears it up. He's clearly the best player on his team. And he's willing these guys to win. And more than likely, barring a major slip up, he's going to more than likely get his team to the finals. In my opinion, I think so. You're saying that the conference finals or the NBA finals? I say the NBA Finals. So when when you look at it, there's really nothing like the argument for Carl Malone. I don't even want to hear anything from Carl Malone. I will entertain uh, conversations about John Stockton because that's fair. That's fair. But if you're going to tell me pound for pound, if I'm starting up a franchise today with just Utah Jazz players, who do you want more, John Stockton? Or that's, Donovan Mitchell. I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell 19 times out of five. Th- that's why I, I asked for clarification on the question. Because if we're just talking about skill set, then yes, Donovan Mitchell would probably be the best. But if we're just talking about the best to ever put on a Jazz uniform like Mr. Jazz, I think John Stockton has done more for the Jazz organization than Donovan Mitchell. And I, that's two separate you know, thought processes. You, you can't really say you can't if if we're talking about impact on the franchise. You can't you can't you can't have Donovan Mitchell in that conversation yet. You know, if he stays with his team for ten years, and they go to the finals a couple times in that process that that time, then yeah, you know, from a casual fan's perspective like mine, I would say yes. I think he's done more. For, he would. He would have a greater impact on the team than anybody else has. But as of right now, being what is this, his third season, third year in the league? Fourth. Fourth. Uh, I think that we're st- it's still too early on, much like Lamoris likes to make conversations about this of 
whether somebody's considered one of the greatest of all time, such as Derrick Henry. Uh, but we haven't seen he hasn't we, we haven't seen the longevity out of this play yet. So uh, I think we have to see more before we can say yes. This is the greatest impact this franchise has ever seen. And I, I understand what you guys are saying, but like the only way for us to do this is one, put it in context of you, and two, you have to use two. Both, both, you have to use both of those measuring sticks. So my thing is this: Has John did John Stockton do more for the Jazz as of right now? Over his, I think he played in the NBA for 12 seasons. Over his 12-year career, then Donovan Mitchell's four. Yes, I will give you that. Absolutely right. However, the four years that Donovan Mitchell has been with the Utah Jazz, his impact has been greater, greater in the turning around and the elevation of that franchise than what John Stockton did in his 12 years. I'm, I'm sorry. Donovan Mitchell is virtually doing this with a seven-foot-tall... Defensive player of the year. Put some respect oh, on him. God. Let, let's let's be real. Rudy Gobert is a seven foot Frenchman that can barely do anything outside of the paint. You have let's be real. Run didn't didn't one year Dwight Howard win the defensive player of the year award and didn't even make the all defensive team? Isn't that correct? This is true. Yeah. So I can we put a lot of stock in uh and that, that was a little bit of a pun there, but, you know, put a lot of stock in uh, somebody winning the, the Defensive Player of the Year award with, you know, history like that. Exactly. I, I'm just, Solo, Solo's trying to downplay the, the greatness of this team. This team is still solid built. They, they have a sixth uh, man of no, the year in uh, Jordan it's, Clarkson. It's a solid they have, team. It's a solid team. I, I'm not taking away from the fact that it's a solid team, like, but we're we're not gonna blow it out of proportion. Like John Stockton pretty much played next to in that era, like the second best power forward in that era. Right. You know, right behind uh Akeem Olajuwon, and if you want to consider Akeem Olajuwon a power forward and not a center. So I, I don't see how his impact is greater than Donovan Mitchell went. Yes. Rudy Gobert well, is good, but Rudy Gobert isn't a top three center in the league right now. Right. Is he? So 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 here's here's another argument. Who's the leader in NBA history in assists? I know, I understand it's John Stockton. Who's, who's the leader in, in NBA history in steals? I understand it's John Stockton. Okay, so so you have someone who leads all of NBA history in two like major stat categories right but Lamar you're saying put it solo I I just want to understand Donovan Mitchell is a better in theory a better player than John Stockton but I'm just saying for for jazz history I guarantee you if you ask jazz fans who's the best player because they're right in Utah and racist like of course they're going to say John Stockton what do you mean what do you mean but the only reason they like Carl Malone is because they're Mormon and they also hate little girls what do you mean here's 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 another example for the Lakers would you consider the LeBron Mr. Laker no, Lamores, I'm not that stupid. So, but but here's here's the thing. He's the best player in your eyes. He's the best player that's ever touched the basketball court. But you don't consider him Mr. Laker. Why not? The reason why I don't consider and I, and I see what you're doing, but here's what I'm saying. LeBron has only been with the Lakers for how long? Pretty much the same amount of time as Donovan Mitchell has been with the Jazz. <laughs> okay. He's been with the Lakers for three years, won one ring, okay? The mm-hmm. history of the Lakers transcends the greatness of LeBron. I'm I'm not an idiot to to say that. All I'm saying if, is well, is that I mean, the, you can't really use that because if John Stockton, you consider, had the most impact on the on the Jazz, if you were to rank that among the players that have had the most impact for the Lakers, he's probably what maybe 15. On that, he would probably be 15 on if you if you transferred over 
his impact that he made for the Jazz to the Lakers. Like, he probably be what, number 15, maybe 12 on the list of most impactful players for the Lakers. So, like, that's kind of a hard sell right there to use the Lakers considering the, the history of that franchise. Right. And, and, and don't, then when you don't forget also, hold on, don't forget also, who, who pretty much colonized the pick and roll in the NBA and made this one of the most popular plays to run? Hey, bro, it wasn't them. Like I said, it was the only trick in the bag that they had. They didn't that's, revolutionize that's the pick they, and roll. They, they made it to where it was unstoppable and now everybody runs it. Okay, no, the pick and roll has, has been in basketball longer than the, the 84, the, the 1984 basketball season. But once again, not going down that rabbit hole, back to what my point is, because I'm, I'm trying to stay on topic. At the end of the That'd day- That'd be a first. At the, shut up. <laughs> at the end of the day, when we're talking about impact and history, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell's impact as well as the brief history that he has made to me outshadows everything that those that 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 he has done because john's the only the only relevant stat that i i will give john stockton being the leader of is steals like that is fair now however like you got to see who the hell he was trying to steal the ball from like we, we don't we're not he's not stealing the ball from russell westbrook ben simmons and uh and chris paul He's stealing it from B.J. Armstrong, that Steve Kerr. Like, these were the point guards of this era that we consider great. Muxy Bogues, who really hey, he was, is- He was dribbling close to the ground. It takes talent to steal from him. <laughs> but that, like, all I'm saying is like, that's my point. I'm going, I, I'm not disrespecting John Stockton. He is a NBA legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He's well touted. However, we are not going to sit here and say that like assist, I'm taking that off the board. I will give him credit for the for the steals record, barring the fact that he was stealing it from pre k Okay, I get that. So but when you what's up? So here I'm gonna also put something in context. Um how many 25 points per game scores are there in the NBA right now? 25 points per game mm -hmm. in a league that allowed that. Okay. And here's all I'm going to say, because I know where you're going with this argument. Okay. <laughs> when you're playing ISO basketball one-on-one -on -one for eight, two games, and you have a little bit of, I'm not saying that John Stockton was unathletic. The man had a little bit of burst. You know what I'm saying? He had a little bit of, you know, a little oomph to his game, a little bit of mm -hmm. woo-woo. Okay. Lamore, you and I both know. You look me in the eye when I ask you this. Out, John Stockton was one of the one of the premier, premier athletic point guards in his time. Lamore, do you I, look me in the eye and solo? Me, do you solo? Think I'm 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 just putting clarification on on it, just like you're trying <laughs> okay. to negotiate. We, we need to move on from this topic. We day. have one more thing to get to today before we get the petty moment of the week, uh, which. I still stand by this entire show. It's just the petty moment of the week. But anyways, uh, a recent proposal was put out for an expansion to the college football playoffs. Thank God it's actually legitimately being discussed um, to a 12 team uh, bracket based very much based off of what the NFL's playoff system was up until last year when they added one more team from each conference uh you would have you know you'd have the top four conference champions get a bye uh and then the the other two conference champs would there would be the top six conference champs would get in um and then there would be six more at large but it's very similar to what i had meant i had discussed in previous in previous podcasts discussing playoff expansion except mine was with 16 teams not 12 teams uh but either way um notice how i said that the top four teams had to be conference champions so this means that notre dame unless they decide to get in the conference 
never get a buy. And you know what? Good. Good, because they're never the top four teams in the in the nation. They don't well, deserve it. Say, I'm just saying in general, if you want to be treated Good. like everybody else, be like everybody else. Get in the conference. But that, but that, but that ruins my cachet, and it ruins the fact that I can hide the fact that I'm actually mediocre playing against, you know, and I'm better than these other mediocre teams. That hides the fact that I'm actually not that good. Why? Why would I want to do that? They were good enough to make it to the ACC championship this year. Whoa. Because the ACC, the ACC is the Big Ten. The ACC is the Big 12. And the ACC is the the I I still cannot see how you think that the Big 12 is better than the ACC, though. The Big 12 is so much better than the, the ACC. Do you think about who's in Lamar's. that? You've got TCU. You've got Kentucky. Not Kentucky, Kansas. Okay. Kansas. Kansas. A basketball school. A basketball school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, Texas, let's, let's, who's, who's, let's, who's probably the same level as Notre Dame as a school that people rank high because of their name. But they're, you know, honestly, middle of the road. Uh, Texas Tech who is never actually really good. Baylor, which hasn't been good since RG3. Oklahoma. They made who, the college playoff like, oh no, they didn't make it, but they were about to make the college playoff like a year ago. Yeah, but let's, I'm talking about as far as a true consistent team. Like they're not, they haven't been really anything since RG3. OK State is up and down. And Oklahoma, I mean, we talked about Lincoln Riley last week. We don't really need to go go rehash that. But this is not a conversation about Notre Dame, not a conversation about conferences. This is about the playoff <laughs> system. So we'll get back to that. What are y'all's thoughts? Um, well, I also want to throw out that Paul Feinbaum was the one that came to Notre Dame's defense. Of all people to support Notre Dame, Paul Feinbaum said this is unfair to Notre Dame. No, it's not. <laughs> he understands it via easy win for the SEC. That's all. What, what are your thoughts as far as this 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 exp- playoff expansion? Do we even need this playoff expansion? Is this too many teams? Is this the right amount of teams? Do we need more teams? What? No, this is perfect. This is all we've been asking for. It's like, so it gives, it gives all of those people that are like non-power five, gives them a chance to shut up and get their ass beat like everybody else. Like that's the most important part right here. Yeah, I can't, I love to express. You get four conference champions, which unfortunately it means that, you know, either the Pac-12 or the Big 12 is going to have a conference champion left out, depending on who's ever weaker. All right. Then after that, you get eight other teams. Like, I just think that that's that it's more fair. You know what I'm saying? It's more football and it's fair. I I, I don't disagree with it at all. Everybody's saying that it's too much football. I'm like, forget. How can the hell can you have too much football? Jeez, yeah, two how, how can it be, when you have 68 teams in the college basketball championship? I mean, I know it's a different sport, but still, when 68 isn't too much, but 12 is too much. Right. And look at every I, other look at every other uh division of football in you know what I'm saying? In yeah. in college. Like Division Two, FCS, Division Every other three, level. Of, this is the only. This is the only entity of football that does not have a legitimate tournament when it comes to their playoffs. Exactly, and like it's it's long overdue. Like it's they're not going to kill each other. I mean, like if the Degum number three pick in the in the in the draft this year can play in FCS and play in the tournament style, and he's okay to play. Like Jesus Christ, like every like the biggest names in football can do it too. Like figure out the money so everybody gets their cut because that's all y'all really care about. And let's we'll get bring this more job. money in. I don't know what they're complaining about. I mean, playoffs so, has a bunch of money. Just to play devil's advocate, um, 
I'm I'm for the expansion, but uh, when when you expand it so much, it makes the regular season pointless uh, to an extent. Uh, you also have teams in terms of too much football. I don't think it's too much football in terms of just the number of games, but like on an individual school level. So like your teams go through what. 12, 13 games if they play in their championship before they even make it to the actual, you know, playoff. And then depending on where you rank, you still have, what, three more games? So it's going to be a, what, 15, 16 game season in college? Like, can you imagine in college just playing that amount of games or having to go to that after? I believe that's how much uh, the FCS already plays anyways. Is that how much they play? Yeah, because they don't they, they don't do a ten game regular season, from my understanding, in a normal year. Well, I'll, I'll double check on that. But that's just you know to play devil's advocate in terms right. of the setup. You know, I have no. If you're going to expand it to twelve teams, I have no complaints about it. Um, if Notre Dame wants to be treated the same, you know, join a conference. You could join the ACC. It's not that big of a deal, and it's not like you're playing anybody that's super talented outside of Clemson. Uh, yeah. I, I think the the only thing that I would say, you're not going to see any change in the results that we already have. So the usual contenders are going to be there. Pencil in Alabama, pencil in Ohio State, pencil in Clemson, might as well pencil in uh, Notre Dame and Georgia and or Georgia or Florida, whoever comes out of the East. Like you could just automatically you know add those teams but yeah uh, um, fcs looks like they play an 11 game schedule um okay. obviously that's before their conference championship but they have a their playoffs i think is also bigger because they've got like i think they have eight teams that get a bye actually like their 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 playoff system is complicated uh but yeah but, so they, they're so i don't think the number of games for an individual school would be interesting. Like, if you want to drop off one game, and but I think only the these schools, like you were talking about, that like you know, there's a likelihood of them being in these playoffs, or schools just that it can afford it to drop down to 11 games. They just can just have to hike up their ticket prices. People will still go. You know, all the SEC schools they can drop to 11 games and be fine. Most of the big Big Ten schools. Uh, probably say about half the ACC schools, maybe most of the Big 12 and most of the Pac-12 could probably drop to 11 games and be fine. But, you know, so if that's really the issue, they could, that that's an easy fix right there. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that this is the right move. Um, everyone used to, there's, there's analysts that are like, oh, having only four teams excites more drama. I don't care about drama. I'm sorry. As a, as a this is just, this is football. This isn't a Hollywood story. Just put, put the ball down and play, and leave it at that. You know, I don't I don't care about oh oh it's just exciting. You know, having that you know the, the selection show. I don't I don't care about the selection show at all. Just just I I know that you you with the NFL. I like how there is zero drama where it's. You win the games you're supposed to win, you're in. That's it. There is no, oh well, I, you know, this team they played a, you know, they they had a quality loss, so they should be in over this team. That even though they have more wins, they didn't have the same, you know, same strength of schedule. But no, if you win your conference, you're in. And then, you know, if you qualify as a wild card, you're in as well. Done. Move on. Let's let's make it easy. Make it simple. Let the actual gameplay decide not somebody's opinion of your play decide but uh that's my soapbox about that um we will move on that was the last topic we really had for today not too much went on uh this week other than that um so we'll get to the petty moment of the week uh what do y'all have for us uh, let's see if I can find something. We're unprepared as, as normal. 
Of course. Well, what? Yeah. I wouldn't expect anything less. So I'll, I'll go with mine is a little bit long. This isn't necessarily pitiful of the week. I just learned of it this week. Um, back in the 80s, there was a movie called Star Trek The Voyage Home. Um, and there's a random scene where there is interaction with a, a uh, an extra. Um, and there's actually a story behind that extra. She had her car towed due to it being in the wrong place because of filming for the movie. She got a job on set as an extra and made sure that she had a line with one of the stars that wouldn't get cut from the movie just so the production company would have to pay for her car being towed since she was officially there. Okay, yeah, that is kind of cool. I respect I'm that. not gonna lie about it. I respect that. That sounds like something you would do. Yeah, it really would. I mean, like, yeah, now you gotta pay for my car to be towed. <laughs> that is kind of cool. I ain't gonna lie. But I hope that gave y'all time to find something to to bring up. I mean, I, I'm sure Solomon, there's something about someone slighting uh, your players that you want to say in a in a subtweet fashion. Oh nah, bro. Actually, look, I'm all positive vibes today. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. look, I'm, I'm I'm having a good day. I'm having a great day. Okay. Okay. I learned how to mellow out. <laughs> I haven't mellowed out since yeah. I knew you, since I've met you. Uh, times change. You gotta be, gotta be better. Okay, I, I believe that. <laughs> uh, there, um, I do like. Uh, uh, who was it for the the Mets uh, that got hit in the face with a pitch? Um, I I don't remember his name. You're talking about when the Braves hit him? Yeah. And he had the he got yeah. he got the he got he got blood on his bat, and the next mm-hmm. game he didn't bother cleaning his bat. He bat he used the same bat that had blood on it from when he got hit in the face. It was uh, Kevin Pillar. Oh. I had a lot of respect for that. Yeah, but um, I guess my petty moment of the week. I have two because I I didn't mention this one last week. The first one is from Jay Williams and Kevin Durant. Uh, Jay Williams was on whatever ESPN show and was trying to make a comparison for Giannis. And he said Giannis was a mix of like Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. Like if they had a baby, that's what Giannis is, which doesn't make sense at all. But Kevin Durant took offense to that. Um, and when I guess his little, um, I guess, social, social media crying outburst um, and basically said, this is a effing lie. Jay Williams can never speak for me ever again and all this other stuff. Just basically going off on any post that had, you know, Kevin or Kevin Durant's name in it. Um, he needs to stay off social media. He needs to go on like when those playoff hiatuses like uh, LeBron does every year. And he doesn't my, he's not built for that. He's got to respond. He can't, he can't control himself. Yeah. And then my second one uh, is one that said, it was uh, Kenny and Chuck and Shaq were all talking, whatever. I think it was uh, after a game. And Kenny said, uh, essentially, that Hakeem used to say, this to me all the time uh, and was about um, sitting on the bench and bringing donuts, I think is what it said. Uh, And then Chuck was like, Kenny, bring me some water. Basically saying that Kenny was a a bench warmer. Uh, But that was my petty moments. All right. Uh, So now we will get to our final thoughts. What y'all got? MLB needs to legalize the substance. Oh, yeah, we should have talked about that today. Call it a day. Just legalize one, even if it's, you know, just pine tar or just... Why do you think you need to legalize it? Because we have people using, what's it called, pelican wax and spider tack, all of this, like, concoctions that are made in labs that are 
beyond the typical level of sticky that was used in baseball back in the day. Um, it's getting to the point where- Do you think there's a need for having some sort of stickiness on your hand when you're throwing a pitch? To a certain degree, yes. Because if if you're really throwing, you know, 90 miles per hour or 100 miles per hour, you don't have the same control as if you're throwing, you know, just a regular slow fastball. Um, so having that substance is good, but you can't, too much of a good thing is a bad thing, you know? It's to the point where pitchers are, are able to, you know, pay, pick up a baseball using two fingers and it's just sticking there. And that shouldn't happen. No. Um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar, I guess, with the rotations and all of that and why they use sticky stuff and, and how it helps. But if if you're sticking to the fingertips and it's just like, if the ball, you're throwing it and it just comes off your fingertips like that, the longer it's on your fingers, the more it's going to spin and the more it's going to move. So when you're using some stuff that's just like, you could just well, pick up a baseball with two fingers. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. Um, We're talking about this because Garrett Cole 100% is using some sort of substance right now. Right, well. He, he was asked in a press conference and he said, uh, he, ba he basically avoided the question, saying that's not a question, that's not something I'm going to answer for you, and just moved on. Uh, but, Solo, what are your final thoughts? Uh, I hate COD. Um, weapon class sucks now. Uh, make the game better. Bring back the OG. Yeah. yeah. Bring back Black Ops 2. That was if the you best suck, cod then ever. Say that. Bro, I don't suck. My scope got like my reset my gun trying to change the freaking camo skin. And now I can't do anything. Because it's so frustrating. Uh I will end our final thoughts with why did Aaron Carter think that boxing Lamar Odom was a good idea? But it looked like a good idea to me. It looked like a good idea to me. I'm sorry. I mean, are you are, are you that much of a washed up celebrity that like in order to just make any money, you have to get destroyed in the ring by a man that's like two feet taller than you? And was I don't think I, I don't think they clued him in that these celebrity fights that you see like Logan Paul doing are all fake and staged. I, I but at least I Floyd Mayweather is about the same size as Jake Paul. Like at least no, no, Jake Paul is like six five. Yeah, but look, 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 yeah, but the difference between them and the difference between Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom, like right. Lamar Odom is a giant compared to Aaron Carter. Like he's punching down the entire time. He's, he's literally the death from above, like in Rocky Four. But yeah, they they just should have never fought like legitimately. You know, but like, they could totally make it. If this is your debut in celebrity boxing, you, Aaron Carter, you should have tried to fight somebody else. You know, coming a little bit, you know, your speed, not a former professional athlete, but you know, not a former professional athlete. <laughs> hey, y'all leave y'all leave Aaron Carter alone. When when y'all give me hits like uh, I want candy and um, uh, when I met Shaq and uh, how, how I beat Shaq. How I beat Shaq and uh when y'all when y'all impregnate uh what's her face or like or you get hit from uh Jamie Lynn Spears, like then y'all can tell me what y'all wanna do. But until then, if the goat, if the if the childhood goat wants to fight somebody and get beat, then let the childhood goat do what he wants to do. We still love you, Aaron. Aaron, drop a drop the what was what is it now? Drop the 15 year anniversary edition of Aaron Carter, the EP. Drop it so I can buy it. F that. We're not going to disrespect Aaron Carter today. Before we go any more out of pocket on this podcast, because it's off the cuff, not out of pocket podcast, which probably would have been a better name, anyways. But, you know, moving on uh, with that, uh, hopefully there are more exciting things to discuss next weekend. Uh, and we will see you next time. See y'all.